That's you have it well, in one Is Frank or 39 now? 40. 40. Can 40. you have it? 40. He's 49. That is 40. It's last year over in that. Well, my invite must have got lost in the post. Did he? Were you there, Harry? No, I don't think any of the... Were any of the Polycars? Barry Egan might have been there. Yeah. I've always said that the election should happen at the best time for the country. Now is that time. Oh, come, nobody ever reads manifestos during the election. Sean, you know oh, that. Really? Look, they've taken our policies. They are bereft of policies. For every person that likes you, there have to be people that hate you in equal measures. This is Election Daily, a special series from the Inside Politics podcast team at the Irish Times. I'm Hugh Linehan. Every evening we are here with the latest on the general election campaign. And with me today, the indomitable tag team of Harry McGee and Mary Minahan. Hi, guys. Hello. Hi, Hugh. I noticed in my occasional wanders across the newsroom floor today that you two were seated facing each other. Uh, you on the on the news desk, Mary, where all the exciting things happen or alternatively where dreams go to die. I'm never quite sure which. And Harry on the live box desk where I think you should have some, you know, larger chair, something like something hydraulics, looking very science fiction. You could be you could be the the Captain Uhuru to um, Mary's well, least, um, uh, Captain Kirk. At least an Xbox <coughs> is the very least of my requirement. Management have rebuffed. All my requests uh, so far, yeah, it's um, it's 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 been an interesting twenty four hours. The the live debate last night produced some talking points that continued throughout today, and they were kind of unusual. There weren't things that you might expect: the economy, health, housing, the big issues that were identified in our poll. It were two things: this this notion of a grand coalition between Fine Gael and Fianna, Fianna Fáil uh, that took pace today. But the thing that really captured. Uh, most coverage today, and which has proved to be the biggest talking point, was that kind of pregnant pause that Tishak had last night when he was asked about his drug take and then finally referred obliquely uh, to a hot press interview. And then we had to wait uh, until we read it to find out that as a student, he may have taken uh, cannabis. And that prompted what happened today. So, Harry, did you smoke weed at college? I'm just giving you a pregnant pause like Leo's. Um, I, I think anyone... Uh, of my age or younger who didn't uh, <laughs> smoke weed in college would be a little bit strange in my estimation. I think most, 95% of people did. And of course I did. I think I, I saw a Twitter poll this afternoon which uh, asked which was more embarrassing uh, for me your college days, having smoked weed or having been a member of Young Fine Gael. And I think it was the Young Fine Gael won by a country mile. <laughs> Mary, what do you think? Is this just a sort of a, the kind of silly little thing that, that blows up for a while? Or is there any meaning to it? I mean, the reason it came up was because of some very serious questions about the drugs trade in modern Ireland. Yeah, like what I always say about uh, drugs and politics is every sinner has a future and every saint has a past, you know. And I, I didn't have my 10-year-old copies of Hot Press to Hand last night. No disrespect to that fine magazine, which brightened up our, our youth, Harry, didn't it? Um, but uh, obviously we went back and read what he said. And yes, as Harry says, it was a really awkward moment in a debate. But uh, as to who Leo Varadkar is now, he's a very healthy, very health-conscious 40-year-old man. He He's also very career conscious and he's in the middle of a general election campaign and is now doing all he can to close down discussion of this uh, contentious topic. And what he's been saying today is that he doesn't uh, he wants to attend the march in Drogheda on Saturday. And as you've referred to, there is a very, very serious problem there with the, the hard drugs trade. So, you know, it's probably wise for him to point to that. And Fia Kelly was out talking today to the Taoiseach about this. Taoiseach, in the debate last night, um, you were asked about past drug use and you referred to a hot press interview, I think from 2010, in which you said you smoked cannabis in the past and other issues. It was vague on perhaps other 
drug use. Can you give us a further explanation? Is there anything else you'd like to say? Was it just cannabis? Was there anything else? Yeah, you, you know, I answered that question in the past. I answered it truthfully. I'm not going to go into any more detail. You know, I'm conscious that I'm uh, the Taoiseach of the country to a certain extent. Uh, I'm a little bit of a role model. And, you know, I don't want to be doing anything or saying anything that in any way uh, promotes drug use or suggests to uh, young people or the students in here that it's in any way OK. So uh, I won't be saying any more. Do we have clarity on, you know, have you ever taken cocaine? Uh, or that's, 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 that's... Do you think the question is unfair, Tisha? No, no, I don't. But I, I have answered it before and in the past, so um, I don't think more to add. Harry, listen to that. I do feel a little bit sorry for the Taoiseach. Yes, there is a serious issue underlying this, as, as, as Mary just said. But there's also a kind of juvenile element to the way that people are talking about, about drug use here, which I thought we got past at the point when maybe when Barack Obama said that he did cocaine sometimes when he was at college. Maybe we could just grow up a bit in terms of talking about these realities. Well, maybe we're lagging a little bit behind the United States and we're just at the Bill Clinton I didn't inhale stage. We haven't actually got over that hump. Uh, yes, I think you're right. I think that, you know, uh, we we live in a, a complex, urbanised uh, society where teenagers and young adults are, are exposed to drugs and experiment with drugs and very few don't. I mean, some don't and some are paragons of all virtues, but a lot are human and they do. I think he was reasonable. But I think he, he kind of talked himself into a difficulty last night and because he was so hesitant in terms of describing it, people thought maybe he had more to say and he gave a clarification today that seemed to be 100%, but I think that he will be asked again and asked to clarify his clarifications. So I think it might dog him a little bit in the campaign. Well, we'll see what happens. Something very different in the debate, and there was a lot in it. Um, myself and Jen and Fiuk did our, our hot take immediately after it last night. But obviously these things tend to marinate a bit more. And one of the things that struck me thinking about it today, Mary, was uh, this ongoing thing that Fine Gael are doing, trying to point back to the record of the last Fianna Fáil administration to say you can't trust them. And this is not a new new thing for Fine Gael. They did it in the last election and it actually didn't get a lot of purchase. Is there maybe a sort of counterintuitive possibility that now that we're 10 years on, it may have more purchase because you're actually reminding people of something that they might feel, oh God, I forgot that. You know? Yeah, I think you do have a point there. And, you know, there was a very... Uh, noticeable change of tone, wasn't there, from Leo Varadkar in that he I thought he finished the debate very strongly. There were a few wobbles, but this humble, this humble tone, which veered into humble brag a little bit towards the end, you know, we know it's not enough. It's like those irritating adverts you hear from banks and so on. Uh, like homelessness is something we let people down on. I'm absolutely willing to accept that we got things wrong and we've let people down. I deeply regret. I'm deeply sorry about trolleys. So this is the strategy of we'll hold our hands up on all these issues, which I thought let me, Hall Martin, come in strongly to say, well, why didn't the government take preemptive action over something like the Winter Health Service, you know? And then you had Varadkar saying he wasn't able to express himself as well as his opponent, judge me by my deeds and not by my words. But, you know, he did show the studs occasionally, as you say, mm. like that comment about Simon Coveney being probably the best politician Cork has produced in a generation that was aimed to wound on so many levels and it was pre-prepared and also he turned some weaknesses, Varadkar turned some weaknesses into a virtue, a negative into a positive when he talked about this is my first election as leader, it's Michal's third, you know, because obviously 
the Taoiseach has never been uh, elected by the populace, if you like, only by his uh, his own party. So, and he also said that our coalitions, which by which he means Fine Gael's, ended amicably, and yours, he refer- says, referring to Michal Martin, ended in scandal. But of course, the interesting thing, if we're to talk about the next government, is they both are courting the same set of partners, aren't they? Like Leo Varadkar said last night, he was interested in old partners like Labour and maybe new partners like the Greens. And that's essentially what Michal Martin has been saying when he's been out and about today as well. So, Harry, the thing that struck me was that I think one thing the debate revealed between you already is there isn't a huge amount of policy difference between these two parties. The word not a cigarette paper between them has been used. It has a different resonance after that incident last night. But there's there's what there is is there's an elaborate kind of game of jujitsu going on. And what uh, Leo Varadkar was trying to do last night, and I think he did with some success, is to say, actually, Fianna Fáil is not a party of change. Fianna Fáil has a bad history. You can't, you can't trust Fianna Fáil. Um, and also Fianna Fáil is quite like us, because he had to do a quite a, quite a de- delicate manoeuvre, say, well, they have been supporting us for the last four years, so how can they be the party of change? Yeah, I mean, they, the debate centred more on probity and performance than it did on policy. And I think Leo Varadkar was quite successful in doing that. And and that, that was very noticeable. I mean, he went in with, with stock lines. He arrived like a rock star with his entourage surrounding him, all his top ministerial team. It was kind of unusual to see. Um, and then he kind of came with the prepared lines about Brexit. We're at halftime of Brexit. Uh, then trying to compare uh, Fianna Fáil uh, unfavourably with Fine Gael, when coalitions have all been boom and bust and they've all ended in failure and uh, attrition. So he was kind of saying that when Fine Gael has been there, has been responsible and his probity has been beyond question. And again, he contrasted that really well, that when when he was in, when he was confronted with a failure uh, by uh, this coalition, he put his hands up immediately and he apologised and he said, we would like to do more. And then he'd go in, but we want to have the chance to do more. And then immediately <clears> afterwards, he'd pivot and then he'd go in for a searing attack on, on Micheál Martin. Micheál Martin is quite an assertive debater. But he was out-muscled last night by Leo Varadkar, who was very aggressive, sometimes too aggressive. I didn't really like his use of the word deputy throughout, which I thought was a little bit condescending. Um, Mary, the, the, you know, the Banco's, Banco's ghost at this particular feast was um, uh, Mary Lou MacDonald, and there was an awful lot of focus on the absence of Sinn Féin. But there were some references to some of the other parties who, uh, as we say, you know, may end up in government mm-hmm. the next time. I, sort of an interesting sideways swipe by both of them to say the Greens wouldn't be bossing them around and there'd be none of these, you know, site value taxes or anything like yes, that. Yes, that's right. And uh, Michal Martin kind of went on the attack against John Paul Phelan from Fine Gael, who has described uh, some of the Greens as nutters, and he he found that terribly disrespectful. Um, uh, but Leo Varadkar, I suppose, didn't shy away entirely from some of his party colleagues' worries about the Greens. You know, he says that uh, the Greens have been right about things, some things, before others got there and caught up with them. But, you know, people, some people are worried about some of their policies, he says. So, uh, uh, you know, it, it was really, uh, it was interesting, actually, I thought yeah, the approach they, to the they Green... They to be getting some, some blowback from yeah. their target groups who yeah, are resisting exactly. some of the more extreme things uh, that the Greens and others are advocating. And I think they're reflecting that. They were talking about this garden tax, that anybody who has a big garden in Dunlera yeah. uh, will will object to that. So they're obviously finding out that that 
to, to, to pursue the Greens or try to follow the Greens is not going to be a profitable motive in terms of this election. Yeah, but it was interesting, Michal Martin, today calling the Greens and Labour parties the centre. You know, I don't know really how Saoirse McHugh, for instance, <laughs> would find herself described as a centrist. I don't think she'd be too happy about that. You know, it's very interesting where the big parties are trying to position the little parties. No, Saoirse McHugh, I think, is looking fine to be Ireland's Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, you know, the, <laughs> the, way, the way things are going. We're going to talk about um, some of the other small parties in a second. But first, let me just remind you again that you can get unlimited access to journalism from the Irish Times by signing up for a digital subscription at irishtimes.com slash subscribe for the remarkable price of just one euro for the first month, which is less than the price of a packet of crisps and it's much healthier for you as well. Uh, and it's also packed with all sorts of good stuff and not not just stuff that's good for you. Uh, so remember, that's irishtimes.com slash subscribe. Now, People Before Profit, Harry, had their launch of their camp, of their rather their manifesto yesterday. And I was reading uh, Miriam Lord about them and I was looking at the photograph and Paul Murphy was there. Paul Murphy up until recently was in Solidarity, which is in an alliance with People Before Profit, but he's not in Solidarity anymore. He's his own party called Rise. and But now he's there at their launch. It's like some kind of teenage who's going out with who kind of thing. Yeah, the smaller the party, the more complicated and convoluted and problematic and difficult it is to describe what exactly is going on. Uh, Paul Murphy left Solidarity or the Socialist Party earlier on this year. There was a difference between him and his and colleagues in relation to uh, the direction of the party. I think Paul Murphy has been um, inspired by, by kind of populist movements in the past couple of years. Everything from uh, Syriza at, at its beginning, uh, Podemos in Spain, uh, the movement that, that grew up around Bernie Sanders in the States, Extinction Rebellion and Momentum. There's no doubt that if Paul Murphy were living in, in Britain, that he would be a member of Momentum and he sees potential mm. in these mass movements. The difficulty is that they, that they don't share all of their policies and ideals with the Socialist Party. And the Socialist Party is pretty ideologically uh, conservative in the, in the conservative in terms of they don't want to change. And they don't like, uh, they, they, don't, they, will, they will make packs and they will make tactical and, and strategic packs uh, with other groups. But in terms of its own policies and advancing its, advancing its own agenda, it is pretty uh, ideologically orthodox. I mean, there's an orthodoxy there that, that, that they cleave to. And Paul Murphy wanted to depart from that and then he departed. So now he's part of the kind of the, the bigger block, Solidarity People Before Profit. He's Rise, but he's not actually, Rise isn't included in the title. But then we see the phenomenon that he's running in Dublin Southwest. And lo and behold, Solidarity has put a candidate up against him mm. in Dublin Southwest, even though... They're both part of the same block. And he's not too happy about that. He thinks it's going to impact on him. And it is going to impact on him. Uh, Richard Boyd Bar Barrett and Solidarity are saying that, you know, it's a left-wing constituencies. All of Sandra Fay's votes, if she's eliminated before him, will go to him. And that's not quite true. Some of those votes will seep away. And the parties, uh, the, the, the two sides of the coin, it's almost like a, a kind of divorced couple who are living in the same house <laughs> uh, because they can't afford to live anywhere else. They've occasionally put up candidates against each other and uh, in Dublin Bay North, for example, um, Michael uh, O'Brien uh, was up against uh, John Lyons. And they were both, one was People for Profit, the other was Solidarity. And the effect that has is that essentially 
split the vote and it really and maybe John Lyons might have had a good chance of getting in in 2016 if he had been standing alone so and, it's now it's, and now it's split again because John yeah. Lyons is standing as an independent so split because it's like an amoeba, amoeba cell of some sort listen you're all going to have to wait as listeners for our post-election podcast series on recent developments in Marxist-Leninist theory to get to the bottom <laughs> of this but I mean finally Mary I mean none of this can be good for what people derisively sometimes call the hard left which I don't like very much but this kind of aggregation of groups. I, I don't know. I, I don't think we should fear fragmentation. You know, I think the people that Harry's talking about there are uh, individuals with, you know, a strong brand in their own constituency and in many cases a really strong track record of, of working on local issues for local people. So I, I suppose, you know, the, a lot of them aren't aspiring to get into government, but it, if we think about what the next government is going to be, you know, you, you you sort of can't rule anything out at the moment. We could be talking about a grand coalition. I'm not entirely convinced Sinn Féin is not going to be part of this next government. So it's a very interesting question to think who the key figures in the opposition will be next time round. So I suppose that is where uh, the people we've just been talking about see themselves. Mary, Harry, thanks very much indeed for coming in. Thanks also to our producer, Declan. Remember, you can subscribe to us in all the usual places. Uh, you can find us at irishtimes.com slash podcast as well. You can mail us at politicalpodcast at irishtimes.com and you can find all of us on Twitter somewhere or other. And we'll be back very soon. Until then, thanks for listening. <laughs>